Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Hey, y'all, welcome. My name is Pendarvis Harshaw, and I'm the host of this podcast. We're about to go back to 1980. Y'all ready? Let's go. Today's episode is the third entry in our series, shedding a little light on filmmakers in the Bay Area. And this one is going to take us into another dimension. It involves quantum physics the 80s and one self-proclaimed nerd who I've known since our college days. I'm definitely a nerd. My my nickname in college cuz I used to do spoken word poetry and then somehow I got I got dubbed the spoken nerd. By the time I graduated though my nickname changed to geeked up. So I I uh, I'm pretty happy about that. We're talking to my friend and filmmaker Dio Hollingsworth about his latest web series, Seriously, The Problematic Time Transplant. This one is for the science fiction lovers, the 80s babies, the dream chasers, and the nerds. Coming up in a blur. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Your latest project, uh, Seriously, The Problematic Time Transplant. Bring us into it. What's it all about? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Seriously, The Problematic Time Transplant is, is really about a, um, a quantum physicist slash rapper, slash martial arts expert from 1980 specifically. A few weeks before I made the time leap, I realized I was getting close to a breakthrough and thought it might be safe if I buried a time capsule for myself with a few key items I may need in the future in case of an emergency. Food rations, algebra outs, and most importantly, this, my time dilator. It's a key tool required to spur quantum teleportation and get me back to my time. Messing around with his gadgets and opens up a time portal and ends up, uh, transporting 40 years into the future um so he's in oakland where he's from originally uh, but he's 40 years transplanted from his time 
found the nearest library, and this pretty young thing there hooked me up with this guy named Craig, who helped me find this apartment. Craigslist, he found me on Craigslist. The story is like, how do I get back to my time? Uh, but along the way, he enlists the help of a roommate and his long lost son, his estranged son, uh, Junior. You know what everyone else's dad left him? It was always some easy explanation. But me? I didn't tell everyone my dad was a time traveler. You know what they called me? Marty McLeod. I don't get it. It's funny. He's problematic, as the title, you know, indicates. And it's not like he's he's a bad guy by any means. He's just, you know, he's got some outdated thoughts. He thinks all drugs are bad, so reefer is bad. He's also kind of a guy who's like, maybe got some backwards ideas around uh, masculinity, you know? So they got to update him on that. What do you boys say we go out tonight? Paint the town red and find some loose women to objectify. Whoa. What? Dad, find some loose women to objectify? Yeah, seriously, that's some creep shit. So it's kind of like a story about catching him up, fitting him in, to help him get back to his time. The references, as you said, that are problematic that, you know, at the time in the 1980s was one thing. And then talking about them in 2020 is a different thing. Exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I'm a black man in my 30s from the year 1980s. I'm in a problem with my life, just like O.J. Simpson. You wouldn't tell him not to be a lady killer now, would you? Whoa. What? What now? O.J. Simpson was a freaking hero. And then whenever he finds out about O.J. Simpson and he's like, he was one of the most famous black men in America when I left. Now who we got left? Bill Cosby? Whoa. Nobody would have told you anything bad, could have told you anything bad about Bill Cosby or O.J. Simpson in 1980. That's who they wanted you to be. If you wanted to make it as a black man in America, it's like, yo, these are your, these are your models, now go, right? And so it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, um, but he swallows it. What attracted you to that era? I feel like folks have an affinity for the time period that their parents grew up in. And that's whatever my parents, you know, were like thriving. They had me in 87. Uh, they had my, my older brother in 82. They had just finished college. My pops is, he's just a stylish dude. Like he's, he's just a crazy fly dude. And, um, and he's also kind of a pack rat. So like, I knew that if I wanted to go with this time period, I could go down to his basement and like pull all the costumes I needed. You know what I mean? Like I, I work a lot of my pop's costumes into that time period. So it, it's just a fun time. Your vision, it can be a bit uh, quirky is the word that, I, that comes to mind, but but nerdy is, is how most people describe it. You know, it's a, you're talking about time travelers, you know, like how do you bring people into your vision? Uh, with Sirius Lee, I had the idea in my head and I was like, yo, they're not going to get what I'm trying to do. So the first thing that I did was like, all right, let me write like a 30 second to one minute long trailer. I literally just pulled like videos from online, footage from like Black Dynamite, all these like 80s TV shows. I think the intro to the whole, right? I did my own voice narration and I was able to piece that together. And then show that to people rather than try to explain it to them. And they were like, huh, all right, I think I get it. And so after I did that, I was like, all right, now I want to actually just shoot this trailer. That version of that teaser, that 30 second teaser was what, I, what allowed me to be able to like quickly recruit the crew that I needed. Ma'am, sorry to bother you, but can we really quick have your honest opinion? My friend's outfit. Well, if I'm being honest, you look like a love child between 
Mr. T and Richard Simmons. Yep, thank you. Well, maybe you boys are onto something. Even this series right now, it's great. It's watchable. It's bite-sized. You can watch it in 38 minutes, you know, the whole season. It's the next phase of like showing like a proof of concept so that hopefully I can get it to be a 30 minute, every episode be 30 minutes within itself or make it a full feature length film, you know? But like, I need more money and I need more crew in order to do that. But that's awesome that you started off with what you had. You literally was like, all right, let me start off with the basic elements, pull it together so that people can at least see what's in my head. Let me get it out of my head first. And now the ball is rolling, you're getting support. If I were trying to watch Serious Lee right now, how can I find it? I guess everybody just assumes you're going to put like something like a web series directly on on uh, YouTube. Uh, but I got a wife and I spent $10,000 and more on this project. So uh, she wasn't really loving the idea of me just putting out like this thing that I invested so much of my personal money into for free. And there's this streaming platform, this black streaming platform founded in D.C. actually by a sister um, and it's called Quelly.tv. You know, you may get a few hundred bucks uh, per quarter, you know, so I'm trying to get it on a few different streaming platforms like that. You know, depending on how successful it does on these platforms, be that'll be like the seed funding for the next season or movie of this series, you know? How long have you been in Oakland now? I've been in Oakland since 2013. This series is kind of, on some level, kind of a love letter to, to West Oakland. Uh, we shot at Mandela Grocery Cooperative, which is on 7th Street in West Oakland. We shot at 7th West, which is on 7th Street in West Oakland. I mean, we just, we walked around, we just did so many, like, we shot dope Black Panther murals. We found, like, a, a ghost, you seen that Ghostbusters hearse that just be driving around Oakland sometimes? Yeah, yeah, and it's in West Oakland all the time, yeah. It was just randomly on our block while we were shooting an 80s web series. So we're like, uh, we got to get that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, all right. Philosophical question for you. I know nerdy stuff is incorporated into a lot of the things that you produce. And it's also very black. And so I've seen the rise, the popularity of blurs, um in pop culture. You know, obviously you think of what Issa Rae has done with the concept. Um, and so what is a blur to you and why is it? seemingly more popular now basically a black a blurred which i totally I've, i ride with is a black nerd and the reason why i think that is is popular like is that like is is really because like how of a voracious of an appetite black folks have for social media and so it's just so easy now to like to to showcase your nerdy ass sense of humor or your nerdy ass interest in and you know comic books or sci-fi or whatever and because when you put that out there people start to gravitate towards you i'm i'm happy to be a part of it but i honestly like i'm i'm on all these facebook groups now and i'm like oh maybe i'm not a nerd <laughs> like there's levels of this shit <laughs> i'm like i'm like level two three nerd you know i always compare uh this series uh seriously the problematic time transplant it's really like Austin Powers meets the last OG in Brooklyn, right? When white people are weird, like they don't think that Michael Myers is a nerd. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just whenever like black people do something that isn't traditionally what you see them doing, that it's like, oh, he's a, he's a nerd. You know, it's like, no, nah, like I'm a goofy, I'm a goof. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 
Does that necessarily make me a nerd? I don't know. I wonder if it's because of, you know, like stereotypes of how African-Americans have been depicted in film before. And it's like, well, this is contrary to the stereotypes, so it has to be the far other end of the spectrum. This isn't gangster, so it's definitely nerd, you know? Yeah, I'm definitely not gangster. <laughs> <laughs> definitely our cool nerd. I can vouch for that. Theo's approach to filmmaking is something I think we can all pull from, no matter what your profession is. He had an idea, he used what resources he had to show proof of concept, and as he shared his idea with the world, he continuously worked to refine said idea. That's dope. Thank you to Theo for sharing your story and your process and your mindset with us. You all can follow Theo on Instagram at Teddy underscore Ruxpin. That's T-E-D-D-Y underscore R-U-X-P-I-N. Yes, Teddy Ruxpin, like the popular 1980s toy. Fitting. The producers behind this show are Marisol Medina Cadena and Kiana Mogadam. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Our engineer is Seal Muller. Sarah Pineda, Lena Blanco, and Jacqueline Carvajal make up the engagement team. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Once again, this is the third entry in our short series on filmmakers in the Bay Area. Next week, we're right back at it with the grand finale. Looking forward to sharing that story with you. Thank you all for listening. Hope you have a good one. Peace. Right Now-ish is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.